what I realize is that the goals that I have, and as I understood this position to be, really has not worked out that way. And there's not a match. So this happens a lot more than you might think. You're excited about a new job and the first few weeks are fun, they're great. But a few months later, you realize this new job is not the right fit. So what do you do? Hi, this is Diana Burnell O'Leary with Job Talk Weekly. Today I talk with Lauren Frankel. She's principal at the Frankel Consulting Group about what to do if your new job is not what you expected. Do you work with your new boss and see if you can fix it? Or do you start looking, which prevents a whole new set of challenges? Lauren's got some great advice, no matter what your situation, and helps us prevent this in the future. Let's jump in. Hi, Lauren. Welcome to Job Talk Weekly. Hi, Diana. It's great to be here with you. So today's conversation was prompted by an email I got a few weeks ago. Someone had taken a new job, and she was excited about it, and she was about seven months in. And she said, you know what? This is not going to work for me. So I thought this would be an interesting conversation for us to have about people who take jobs and then realize it's not what they expected. So if someone finds themselves in that scenario, what are some of the things that they can start to do to try and get themselves out of that situation? Sure. Well, and I I would start off by saying, you know, this is not that uncommon. Yeah. It does yeah. happen. And I would say that probably today with the great resignation and, you know, so many new opportunities that, you know, people could be jumping or going to some new positions, maybe without thoroughly vetting it and vetting their interests and what they want to do. Having said that, um, I think that it's, it's really important to step back and think about what is it about where I am currently that is leading me to feel this just is not the right thing. So it, it's sort of having some, doing some analysis, you know, with yourself or maybe with, a, a you know, a, a good friend or something like that, where you're talking through sort of what's working and what isn't. What did I think it was going to be and now it's not? What is it during the interview that made it seem like this is really going to be working and now it isn't? And and when you go through that and then you're feeling pretty comfortable with um, with your kind of conclusion that this just isn't working, then I think ideally it's good to be able to look for another opportunity while you were still employed. And so I would suggest that you then really get out there and either LinkedIn or whatever and start looking for something that is is more suitable to your skill set, to your interests, to your your you know overall career goals, um, and and if you can not leave where you currently are. So why don't I stop there and see either either yeah. you have any comments to that or. <laughs> 
questions? I, well, the one thought I'm having is what about the current employer? Like, let's say you're six or seven months in, um, and we are talking today about people who are there less than a year or less than two years, because once you've been at a job for two years, then I don't think that is a red flag to an employer, to an HR manager. That's not uncommon for people to leave. But if someone is under one year, and is there a time for them, if they've done this analysis, they've done the soul searching, is there a conversation they can have with the current employer to see if there's something they can do to fix the situation? I think absolutely. Um, particularly if there is, um, I'd say, a productive relationship that they have. Yeah. And that that, that um, the individual can can just really sort of put some of the, their cards on the table to say, here's kind of what's going on for me. And, and this is what I thought it would be. And it isn't. And, and, you know, say, I'd like to stay. Um, and so I'm just wondering, are there some things that together we can do to help make things be better for me, or different for me, I would definitely ha have a conversation like that. Now, I was going to say that puts us at a little bit of risk, though, because you have to phrase it in such a way that they don't think that you've got one foot out the door, that you're trying to massage the situation, that it's a little different than what you expected, but you're hoping that you can get X, Y, Z out of it. So can we go in that direction? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and, and I think that you phrase the conversation in a way, in a collaborative way, and and not in a... Um, uh, a negotiating way, you know, where if, if I don't get this, then I'm then I'm going to leave or something like that. Um, and and if that you don't one doesn't feel comfortable having that conversation with the manager, then um, it, you could have that with um, an, an HR professional in the in the company for sure. Um, but I think I think what's good about having that conversation is that then you can feel like I've done all that I could to try to make things work better for me where I currently am. And you can even share that experience if you are decided to leave and you're interviewing with um, potentially another employer. And we can get into this if you disclose the situation, but that you would say, you know, here's what I did to try to make it work. I think that's a great thing for you to do is to make sure that you have exhausted all possibilities. And let's talk about that conversation with a future HR manager, because I think that's the question that people have is like, you know, I only have seven or eight months on my resume at this current job. How do I position that? How do we even mention it in the cover letter or the conversation? So how can people control that narrative in a way that still makes them stand out as a strong candidate? Right. Um, and I, I, I guess what I would say is that if you're at a place for a pretty short period of time, you know, a month, two months, I wouldn't even put it on the resume. That's yeah. my opinion. <laughs> you know? it. But if but if you're you're talking about eight months in nine months in, then, you know, you can be, you know, you know, honesty is always it always works. Yes. And, and if you say, you know, here's here are my expectations here's why these were my expectations um and uh as it turns out you know uh, 
a number of these were not being met. I did talk to my manager about them because I really wanted to give us the opportunity to try to improve or change things. And that wasn't possible. And so I just knew that it wasn't the best place for me. And, um, and you know, so I would, you know, uh, look to my next employer to, again, make sure there's great shared understanding and clarity about the role and what's expected of me. Well, let's jump into those questions, though, because it can be so hard during the interview process to really get a sense for the culture, the boss. I mean, there's only so much you can learn in these conversations, but are there particular questions or guidance that you have for how to really get an understanding of what this new job is all about so that way someone isn't in that position seven or eight months down the road? Right, right. Well, um, I, I think that it's very important to, if you're going to segment, say, I really want to find out about the department and the work and the goals. I want to find out about the my manager. I want to find out about the team. I want to find out about um, the success the team has had. I want to find out about the culture. You know, so those are a number of different buckets. And and you want to ask some real, um, uh, almost behavioral-based kind of questions. So yeah. can you tell me how the manager typically um, uh, leads his team or her team um, and um, what the experiences are of the team? What's the, the, the length of service or the tenure that people on his team have had? What's the turnover? Um, why have people left? Why do people stay? Um, what, what really are the core um, elements of the culture? And, and I don't mean, you know, the seven points that are on the wall on a, on a you know, I don't mean that, but sort of how do people treat each other? Um, how do people handle disappointments? Um, how do how how are people identified for advancement um, or for professional development? Uh, you know, are, are there um, succession plans and and you know how how does that work? Yeah, because I think what I like to remind people is that the interview is a two-way street. And just like the employer wants to know about you, you want to know about them because this is your turn to find out if this is going to be a good fit for you. And I know sometimes people get really eager and they want a job to work out. But if it's not 100% clear to you that this is a good fit, if there's something a little funny, if someone said something that didn't sit right with you, you really do need to explore because it's not going to get any better when you get there. You know, if a company says, oh, you know, our quarterly earnings are okay and we hope to do better, that might be a, a flag that they're not okay and they want to be positive during the interview process. So I, I encourage people to really look at it differently because just like they're looking for a candidate because they have a great job to offer, you have a lot to offer. So it's up to you to really you know, dig at that information. Right. And, you know, uh, I would ask about the budgeting process. How does that work? Mm -hmm. uh, how, you know, do you reforecast every quarter, you know, or, or not? And how might that uh, impact the role that I'm interviewing for? Um, and, and also, I would ask questions about 
what you weren't able to successfully find out about in the job that didn't work well. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and, and, you know, from an, an experience that I had where something didn't work out, I remember that I was very, uh, very interested to really know what the culture was like and, and how people treated each other. And, um, and I remember uh, someone saying, well, you know, we're, we're a company that we don't uh, value that much about titles. And I remember think, saying, I don't care about the title. Yeah. I had a senior vice president title and the job d- didn't work out. Yeah. So it's, it's really the quality of the job, the, the nature of the work. And and um, and how people work together that was important for me to find out about. Let's talk about quitting for a second, because I feel like there's an art to quitting gracefully. And I know a lot of people when they're frustrated at work and they're happy to quit, they want to make themselves known. But I think this is an example of why it's important to quit gracefully, because you never know when you might want your old job back. Because when we talk about taking a job that wasn't what you thought it was, I'm thinking of at least two people I know who that happened for, and then they ended up going back to their employer. So if that's an option for some people, especially if they've only been gone for a very short time, you know, what's that conversation like? And reassure us that it does happen. That way they don't feel like they're the only ones. For sure. And as I'm listening to you in the question, what comes to mind is that you make it about you. In other words, you're not bad mouthing or saying, if you had done this and if you had done that, then, you know, it would be better. But it's more about what I realize is that the, the, the goals that I have and as I understood this position to be, really has not worked out that way and there's not a match and and i feel that it's best for me in order to really contribute at the level that i i know that i'm capable of and would want to that i need to be at a place where there's a better match yeah and so there's a lot of i messages in that or a lot you know versus you 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 that's and and so that that's Uh, a suggestion that I have. Yeah. And I think back to when it happened to me that I took a job and about five or six months into it, they reorganized. And it is true that the reason then that wasn't ideal for me any longer is that it didn't suit my long-term goals. You know, I had just made a career transition and this reorg was going to put me in a different direction. And so I got lucky when another opportunity came up and I actually got recruited within the same company, but just to go into a different division. So tell us a little bit about your experience about how you made that decision. How long were you at this other job? And then you realized, oh, this is not going to work. And and how do you get from point A to point B once you realize that something's got to change? Well, um, and my my situation was one where I was moving my family to a new city. So it was a big change. And, And staying in the same industry, in the financial services industry and banking, um, but it, what became, uh, started to become curious to me was that, hmm, this isn't exactly what I thought it was going to be within four to six months, mm. but 
felt like, you know what, I can move my family here. My daughter started in a new school. I really need to give this, you know, uh, everything that I can and and give it more time. I, you know, I, I just felt that it just needed more time and, and understanding on my part. And then it was about a year in when I knew, no, this just really isn't isn't right. And um, and so I had also been sought, you know, I had started to get some calls from a firm um, back in L.A. And so, you know, in the course of that time, um, I I moved the family back um, within a year and a half. Um, And so uh, and I needed to explain to the, the the firm that I was interviewing with, okay, so what went wrong? You know, like, am I sort of somebody that's a big complainer, you know, and can mm-hmm. never be satisfied, you know? And, and I needed to be um, thoughtful and honest and, and not badmouth anybody. Right. Because that's, you know, w- what they see is what they potentially think they're going to get, you know, so... And so then what was your conversation like with the original employer when you went to give notice after about a year and a half? And, you know, this was already a senior level position. These don't turn over that much. Tell us about that conversation. Right. You know, what I said was that um, uh, that I was going to be I was, you know, offering my resignation and that what became clear is that the the role that I was recruited for doesn't really seem to be the role that has um, evolved Mm. and that, you know, um, the work that I will be able to do at this new firm is much more suited to what my skill sets and my experiences are. And it just is a better fit. You know, this can happen in any situation, but I feel like it's also a potential risk when there's a newly created job. You know, they add a new position and it's up to you to be that person to fill it and to manage the expectations. So give us some guidance on the different questions that people can ask about new jobs, that you're the first one who's going to occupy that role and how you manage expectations. Yeah, that that's a great question because... Um, and particularly with a, a leadership role, um, or I mean, it can be any role, but I think what you want to do is to um, ask questions about, you know, why the position was created, what's the vision for that position, um, what what are the, you know, the, the goals that the organization has for, for this position, and um, and how this position really, um, I'm going to say, fits into the overall strategy for the department or for the division, and um, and uh, you know what are like the 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 expectations for the first six months, for the first year, things like that. And I think people should be, you know, empowered to take control of their own onboarding because managers are busy. And if you're remote, it can be really hard for the managers to spend as much time with you as you would like. So even though it is really up to the manager to start to help you acclimate and show you the ropes, I think there's nothing wrong with you as the 
relatively new hire to create these check-ins, whether they're three, six months, nine months in, to make sure that you're on pace and to do any adjusting that needs to happen before it gets too late. Absolutely. And, um, and, and be able to uh, develop relationships with, with colleagues and peers to do all you can to learn about the, the organization, to learn about the department, um, to uh, initiate. I think it's really important to not sit back, but to, you know, in quotes, lean in yeah. and initiate more um, of, of the, uh, the meetings, the interactions, and, and not, uh, not sit back and wait. I think that's very, very important. And again, I think the remote element to, to working now just creates a whole nother set of um, work, ways of working, and, and particularly when you're new. It's yeah. very different. It's very different. Yeah. And, you know, the networking shouldn't stop the minute you get a job. You know, you should stay in touch with the people that you've met during your job search. You should be active in your field with your industry, just staying in touch with people. That way, in case you do find yourself in this position, it's a lot easier to transition. I mean, just because you found the job doesn't mean that all those contacts go away. You need to keep them alive for that next job opportunity. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because... I mean, I'm a firm believer that if anybody calls you to say, and usually the call would be, you know, your name was given to me to source to see if you know anybody. And, you know, and really they want to know, you know, are you going to be a potential candidate? Um, but you, I always think you should always talk to anybody that calls Yeah, and doesn't mean that you're looking, but that, you know, you want to continue to keep those, those, um, networking resources warm that, you know, and, um, and you, you know, you, you would reach out to them for a variety of reasons, not only to let them know that you're looking again, you know? Yeah, and I think you said it before, well, when you said, you know, if there's a job that you're only at for three or six months, you could drop that from your resume easily. That way you have a nice clean break and you can refer to it if you're in conversation. But I think anything three or six months only, people should be able to drop that. I mean, do you have a guide sort of on what that benchmark is, whether it's six months or nine months? I would say... Um, I mean, in some ways, you could say anything less than a year. Mm-hmm. Having said that, I think that you could, if you were between six and nine months, you could put it on and just be prepared for an explanation. But again, given the current um, employment uh, environment, where you have a lot of people who have left jobs, and are taking their time and, you know, looking or not looking for a while, I think you could easily not put something on that's less than a year, and I think you'd be okay. Yeah, I think so, too. Have you found that recently? So you and I are talking in the beginning of 2022. Do you find that HR managers and recruiters are just a little more forgiving, whether it's the pandemic itself or because they're so eager to find candidates that they're more willing to to grab someone's resume and say yes to it, even though it's not more traditional of five years here and 10 years there? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, it's just changed. And I think generationally it's changed. Um, I mean, I remember when I, um, I, you, I was on a, on a five-year, you know, the, the five-year itch. You know, I'd be <laughs> at a place five years and it just seemed like another opportunity uh, and for a variety of reasons, I would change and go to another firm in five years. And, and, and then I was there 15 years, but I remember thinking five years is a good length of time. Yeah. And, and they would say, you were only there five years because the length of service at my last firm was very long, but now it's different. People, you know, um, aren't staying that long. They, they have, more than one career. Yeah, yeah, they transition. And I think a lot of the recent college grads that I've spoken to, definitely a year or two, they are happy to move on. And so I think you're right. I think the HR managers are more used to seeing today more turnover or people who have what you and I would have called jumped around. I don't think they would consider that jumped around anymore, that you have two years here, two years there. I think they would just think that that's sort of a new, new path for a lot of people because exploration has also been emphasized. You know, we're telling people, try new things, try new industries. And then if that's the case, then you're going to get someone who is here for two years and there for another two, maybe. Right. And and again, I think it also depends on the the level of, of the position. Yeah. The, you know, where uh, if, if someone moved around a lot and was looking at a more senior executive position that I think there'd be some explaining to do. I think it would be a red flag. I I think it would be a red flag. I think that's a good point. If you have less than 10 years experience and your resume says two years here, two years there, three years there, that's one thing. But if you are recruiting for a CFO position, you're going to expect that at some point this person has had a nice five, seven-year track record, at least at one company, before they take a chance on a big C-suite job. Is that kind of what you're thinking? Yes. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. For sure. So if anyone is having a tough time, they're they're trying to make this decision. Again, they're like somewhere between five, six, or seven months. Uh, what would be, you know, just your final parting thoughts for them to try and figure out if they can stick it out or if they need to move on? Well, it sort of goes back to my earlier comments. I I think you really want to do some soul searching Mm -hmm. and say, why, why am I feeling like I need to leave? And, um, you know, is there a pattern here for me? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's a good point. If this has happened to you three times before, you need to, then you do need to say it's you, not them, and figure out what the issue is. Or, or, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm searching for the wrong position. You know, I'm not really, uh, I'm, you know, uh, I'm sort of um, being swayed by the, you know, the, the shiny object or whatever. And, and I'm really not suited once I get here. So I think if you can do some of that honest soul searching, either alone or with a a trusted friend, colleague, I think that's really important. And, and then if you do feel, you know, that, no, this, you know, I'm, I made a mistake. It's a mistake. Okay. That's okay. And then you want to be, um, then be, make your plans to move forward. But I would, I would do some serious thinking about it before I then decide it's time to leave. 
Yeah. And I think it's important to capture all that information in real time. And I like the idea of putting it into a Word doc or somewhere where there's a date stamp on it. So you can go back and say, well, what was I thinking six months ago? What was I thinking last year? Or what was I thinking, you know, the last job change I made? What were my must-haves or my nice-to-haves? And sort of remind yourself what really was important. Because I think what you just said there, too, like you get, um, uh, you know, distracted by the shiny object, like all of a sudden someone else has put something on your radar, someone else has said something that has distracted you from your original goals. And maybe you took a job because you needed flexibility, you wanted to be closer to home, and now you're distracted by something else. So I think sort of knowing what's important to you and reminding yourself of that every once in a while could be could be really helpful. Right. And I think also um, prioritize what those wants and needs are. Yeah. And um, you know, it, like you say, close to home, um, uh, then, you know, does that change? And you realize, you know, that that wasn't as important as I thought it would be compared to these other things. Um, so and, and I guess I would just say as my parting comment, focus on what you really are looking for versus what you don't want. Mm hmm. And, you know, put your energies towards what you really do want and need versus I don't want that or I don't want that, you know. So um, I think that creates some good energy for you to focus that way. Yeah, yeah. And that's what you can keep your focus on. And that way you'll know some of these opportunities that come onto your radar when they're a good fit for you. That's really excellent advice. So thank you, Lauren, so much. Thank you for spending time with us today. Of course. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you, Diana. Take care. Thanks for listening to Job Talk Weekly. Leave us a review, let us know what topics you want to hear, and we're always on socials on Instagram and Facebook, Job Talk Weekly, and our website, jobtalkweekly.com. See you next time.